did it. Do you know what this means, Nicole? It means we're done. It means that it means we can we get to go to sleep soon. <laughs> Hello, everyone. It is Brianna the next day from my editing cave. Nicole and I last night, while watching this in our delirium, recorded a lot more content than we expected. So I'm going to be splitting up these reactions into multiple parts. Thank you all for listening to this special DTS episode of Gridwalk. It's obviously a different episode than normal. One, it is not a Thursday. Two, Nicole's in a different place. My lighting is less dramatic and I'm in a blanket. And that's because this is our DTS reaction show. Yes. Um, so normally we do release our episodes every Thursday. We talk about what we're obsessing with F1 that week. Lots of fun, quick-witted banter, silly um, little segments that we do every single week. Lots of fun sounders. We're a little chaotic, but in the best way possible. Yep. Uh, so overall disclaimer, we are both the type of people who wake up at the crack of dawn, 3 a.m. for me for Bahrain to watch Free Practice 1 which is not a points-giving session. So we do know all the details about what happened in the season last year because we followed it obsessively. Um, and so a lot of what Drive to Survive is is simplifying storylines and making them accessible for new people to come in, which is why it's so cool. And we're mostly just excited to get behind the scenes of all our favorite F1 personalities, but we are coming at it from that perspective. Uh, but big F1 fans and love Drive to Survive. So you're gonna get mostly positive excitement and panic from us over here as we see all the behind the scenes. Yes, we are here for the drama. Parker's here for this chew stick. <laughs> we wanted to participate in the conversation so we're having him distracted. But yes, we're here for the drama. This is a Netflix show, it's for entertainment. I'm sure there will be, you know, not exactly how everything that happened, but. But cool. It's fun. Reality TV. We're, we love it. I actually do love reality TV. Um, all right, so how this episode's going to work is we're going to be reacting to every single episode after we watch it. So right now, neither of us have seen anything. Of course, we know what happened in the season, but we haven't seen a single episode of Drive to Survive. We're going to put it on, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to record our thoughts, give you our instant reactions. We're actually going to rate everything from one light to lights out, and away we go. Uh, which will be fun. And then, of course, whether you're listening to this or watching it on YouTube, we're going to have time codes and chapters. So if you listen to a specific episode, you want to jump and hear our thoughts about that, you'll be easily able to do that. And then, of course, we want to hear your thoughts. So, you know, ugh. we want to hear your thoughts. So head over to at Gridwalk Show on any social media channel. Tell us what you thought. Did you agree with our take on every episode? I think there's going to be a few based on the titles that Nicole and I are going to feel vastly different about. I think a few are going to make us cry. So we want to hear how they make you feel. Also, if you have found this video or this podcast because this is your first foray into F1, like, please stick around. Uh, we're not like a tech podcast or an educational podcast, but we are just like a fun group chat. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Parker. Thank you for agreeing. Parker is a part of our group chat. Um, so we would love to have you. We'd love to have all new fans and like anyone who's just excited about F1. Like, join us. Join Gridwalk. It'll be a lot of fun to have you. 
Hello, it is editing Brianna again, popping in here to say that we're going to roll right into episode six. If you missed our reactions to episodes one through five, they are on the same podcast feed you're listening to. So feel free to head back to those, listen to those. Um, and also there are time codes in the descriptions to pop around to whatever episode you would like. This one you're listening to right now also includes our final takes on the season as a whole. Enjoy. I'm tired. I'm sad. That made me like just, I hated watching that whole thing of just like, is it Pierre? Is it Daniel? And I'm just like, like, I like that I got to see that there were like conversations of other teams, like considering Ricardo. Like, yes, that's like obvious because they just can like consider anyone with experience. I just feel sad. I feel gross. I feel like I did post coda, like standing on the track, like staring at his garage. And I'm just like, well, will I ever see this again? I don't know. So I, I feel sad. Like I just <laughs> feel bummed. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's an understandable feeling when your favorite driver loses his seat and then you have to relive it. That, that, that's really sad. And I was sad on your behalf. I think, watching you go through this episode was really painful i it's a good drive to survive episode yeah like like to not just completely be solemn i'll I'll break it up i think drive to survive really thrives when it's not on track i think the worst parts of this episode were like trying to make it seem like at that one race pierre and daniel were racing for the seat when i think we know in hindsight that like there was no way Daniel was getting that seat ever. Like all the, but I loved all the behind the scenes clips. Like I remember hearing a rumor that Oscar went and met with Zach and was like, Hey, we might sue him. And like, I thought it was cool to see that meeting. And then like Zach thinking he could pitch the driver swap. I thought was, and you know what? In hindsight, hold on, I'm putting things together right now. We heard a lot right after this about a driver swap and McLaren is always one to use the press. I wonder how much McLaren fed the idea that Daniel could, and Oscar could be swapped to the press to try to get fan support for that. Because I thought so much of what was painful of Daniel losing his seat, as someone who's not a Daniel Ricardo fan watching it from the outside, was the stringing along of him maybe getting the Alpine seat when I think in hindsight there was no shot of that. Yeah, I mean, just from, and exactly as they touched upon with how, like, it was with Reynolds, like... They weren't hiring him back. They were not going to bring him back. And no. I don't, just was, it was sucky. And I, and I know how it ends and everything's fine and he seems so very happy now but like i hate seeing sad ricardo as i did for like basically all of last season yeah like after miami it just was all bad <laughs> it was pretty bad for yeah 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 i think this is the first time mclaren has ever left a drive to survive season with egg on their face like to quote you from before and rightfully so, in my opinion. Like, I was a little curious if, because Daniel Ricardo is so important to Drive to Survive, if they were going to super pretend like he wasn't having an awful season or 
like really slant this in his way. But yeah, there I was no, I mean, no way you could cut last season to look favorably right. for him in any capacity, even Mexico. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. They've done like more cutting than that. So I thought they were very honest about why Daniel lost his seat. And I thought they were really honest about why he was never really going to get that Alpine seat. Yeah, I agree. But they did that while also showing the fiasco of it and implying that maybe McLaren didn't handle this whole thing very well. And I don't fundamentally disagree. Not a Lando Norris fan, but I do not fundamentally disagree with his lack of sympathy. And it's okay that he feels that way. But it is, like, even when those quotes came out when this happened, like, the press blunder that that is and continues to be. Like, even if you start it with, like, what everyone else does of, you know, it's difficult, like, this is a cutthroat sport, this is how it is, it's really unfortunate, like, whatever. He's like, no, I don't feel bad. Oh, I'm already leading the team. Like, there's just, like... If you don't want to be the bad guy... This all goes back to my Max Verstappen discussion of, hey, just be the heel, lean into it. But clearly McLaren and Lando do not want Lando to be the heel. I'm so angry. All right, you go first. How would you rate this episode? I don't know. As a Lando Survive episode, her emotional impact, it's like in the gutter. (laughs) It's a good episode. Like, I'm I'm trying to think of, like, if I, like, removed of knowledge and, like, removed of emotions and if I was just, like, a person who was not... An, an, a big well, F1 add fan. That in. That's important context. I am that I it's I, I'm struggling to decide between either five lights or lights out because it right. Like I am acknowledging that like I don't because I feel so sad and shitty. Like I do not want to or ah, sad and crappy, however we <laughs> at want this point to. I'm just like descending into the yeah. exhaustion. But it's a great episode. It gave a lot of the behind the scenes context. And if I gave the last episode a five, I think I need to give this one a lights out because it does, you know, it's very F1. It it is, it's gives the behind the scenes of what I've wanted to see for months. I'm not happy about. Yeah, we had lights out and away we go. Sorry. (laughs) Is and yours? Um, so I give the last one a lights out. I think I'm, I don't know, I'm teetering on a four or a five. I think I'm going to lean towards a five because we saw so much behind the scenes I wanted to see. The reason it's not a lights out for me is because the eight minutes of on-track action where they pretended like Gasly and Ricardo were fighting, like, I just thought, like, if you're going to do it, like, do it fake it briefly and then like, like there was definitely some long. races where they were but it was never that long and then also like that radio was definitely like taken from another time because there's obviously there were definitely moments where they were battling because i was i would be like <gasps> me yeah. watching like you know who's battling for like p11 and p10 <laughs> like while everyone's watching the top i'm like <gasps> my v1 my f1 viewership with lewis and daniel is i'm watching all over the grid um yeah, that definitely just was not that exact moment and definitely DTS of like, everyone's fighting for the seat and they're going to have decided during this race that like Pierre was their boy already. Like, no, I, that's not how it was. Which, I'm, But I'm but. totally game for that fabrication. I just, 
I thought it was actually too long. So it, like, if it was, like, a quick three-minute part of the episode, it felt like ten minutes. So I came into this overall recording today with the desire to be very positive and not just complain about things that were left out. And episode seven was all, like, the... the Storyline stressful point of episode seven centered around will Red Bull re-sign Sergio Perez going into the Monaco race. And we know that, and then, and they made it seem like because he won Monaco that he got re-signed. But we know because there was a quote that Checo said he had signed too early because he signed before the Monaco race. And this didn't touch on the fact that we now are pretty confident that he crashed on purpose in qualifying. And almost a- the entire episode was on track, which is like what I think Drive to Survive does the worst. So I did not enjoy this episode at all. Yeah. It, it was a very like, yay, Checo episode. But there's just like a lot of context to this Monaco race that like was then just not addressed or like and i get and i get it it's supposed to be like the happy like checo was supposed to have a seat and now he's with red bull and then he won monaco and like oh don't worry like we're gonna keep him it's like no this race caused a lot of tension between your two drivers and then like there was a lot of bad pr yeah i don't know i just i think you could do the storyline with a different race and it comes across better for all people watching but I will like reestablish that this show is not made for you and me. Like at its core, this show is made to bring casual, more casual fans into it. So I don't, I don't blame them. I don't think it's bad. It was just like not my personal favorite episode. No, and they they needed they DTS needs a Monaco episode. There will always be Monaco. Like so, this was the story for Monaco because unfortunately. They weren't going to do another, like, Charles didn't win Monaco because it wasn't as dramatic that he, like, didn't finish and, like, his engine exploded. He just, like, didn't win. So the Monaco story was Checo. One light. Yeah. I was, it was fine. Like, I, there was nothing exciting about it. I'll give it, yeah, one. I, there's nothing, it was fine. Yeah. All right. Next. Next we have alpha male oh you know what there is something i want to complain about in addition about this episode and if this gets cut out that's fine i want to complain about that they have had multiple opportunities to highlight the beautiful strategies that for that um not ferrari that red bull did this season and i was complaining at the beginning of all of this like hey there's tons of women you could highlight like the masterpieces that hannah schmidt put together including this one you could totally highlight her in this episode and make it about how red bull did something great. And I just think it's lame that they haven't taken advantage of that once. Hello. <laughs> Hi. That was not a good episode to watch when I'm already super sleepy. And we're on episode eight of the binge watch. I think uh, it showed maturity in Yuki. It has me more interested now in the like teammate battle between him and Nick this upcoming year. 
I like to see Coda footage because we were there. So that got me excited. And Horsey <laughs> McHorse. Because <laughs> that's iconic. Yeah. Um, I feel like a broken record. Too much on track. Not enough behind the scenes. One and the whole beginning two. episode, the whole first like half of the episode is like just Pierre and Yuki in a car. But, like, it's not the behind-the-scenes that I, I necessarily want, but... It also just feels like behind-the-scenes we get all the time. Like, all last year we got so much content about them loving each other. I don't know. Yeah, again, it Boring. was an, an... Yeah, it was a... I don't know who, who this episode was necessarily for, but it was cool to see Nick in the chair. And, again, I'm excited for, like, the upcoming season mm -hmm. to see what... Nick and Yuki, and if one of them does like out, you know, compete like actually can they compete with each other, or if they're just competitive overall. But uh, yeah, definitely like a little bit of a lacklustery episode. I know we have two more episodes left, and it's cost cap, and then wrapping up the season, and we're gonna get back to like some. I mean, the cost cap one's gonna be huge, but so far. This season was a lot of just on-track recaps. And that's Which is lame, because totally there was lame. so much stuff like off-track that went down. But right. there's obviously a lot that they just are not acknowledging, so. We haven't had a single, like, hometown visit. Like, we went to Japan with Yuki, like, why didn't we, like, go do something random, like, grocery shop with him? <laughs> like, I... So we got them, like, in... A car. A car. It, it's... Like, I I love all the normal mundane stuff. Like, we had the Ferrari episode, and Carlos won his race, but, like, we didn't get to see him go grocery shopping and be upset about taco seasoning. Like, right. those yeah. are the moments I like, and, and I watch... I personally watch Drive to Survive for those moments, not for them to, like, poorly recap a race to me. Mm-hmm. And if this is supposed to be reality TV, like, even if you didn't watch the races, like, you're probably not showing up to get a race recap to you. You're, like, you're showing up for personalities and weird, random, I don't know. And it, it didn't, I don't feel like necessarily have, like, a tie-up with the bow ending. I guess you're supposed to then now just be invested in next how Yuki will, right, be next season. I don't know. For me, it's like a... One light, except Horsey McHorse, is worth a point, so two lights. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I give it one light. I'm tired. I'm physically tired, and I am also tired of uh, Christian Horner not understanding what a budget is. Um, but I didn't expect him to, so like... This episode was exactly what I expected the cost cap episode to be. Yeah. I appreciated seeing them set up the PR twist. Like, it was cool to see the PR team before he went in the press conference, like, stand there and discuss how they're going to spin this. And then to go into Christian spending the rest of this episode spinning it. So... I, that was great behind the scenes. Like I thought it was a great, it was actually a great episode. But if you listened to our 
2023 season preview where we set goals for all the teams that we wanted them to fulfill. My goal for Red Bull was like, can you go a season without cheating? Like, I, and like, and Christian is really good at trying to spin this. And I get it. And, but a half a million dollars is a lot of money. And they cheated. And they cheated in the year where they stole Lewis's championship. And they just, like, you, I'm sorry, like, no, no positive DTS PR is going to convince me that, like, breaking the rules is not breaking the rules. Like, it's the middle of the night. I'm tired. Like, I'm yeah, just... and as someone who's not necessarily a big Zach Brown fan at the moment, like, being reminded of his, like, the letter Oh, shout out wrote, to that man. I was like, you know what? Like, yeah, you did not follow rules, and that's cheating. Like, that's what it is. I also um, am re in invigorated or like my anger is reinvigorated at the frustration of like that this process takes like almost a year to like verify and as you know Stefano's recently been talking about if like this is going to be a rule like it needs to happen sooner rather than later and like hey maybe like Max had already been the driver champion like for 2022 and then we were finding out about cost cap after the, like of 2021 From 21 yeah like it just it makes no sense i don't understand how it takes that long it just seems so incredibly inefficient and like it then it's it it makes the rules seem kind of like pointless because it just takes so long it just is such an unbelievably inefficient process and then when christian says you know it's incredible that the fia just left like no room for like interpretation and i'm like that's so wild because that's like i feel like what the fia consistently does is how like they choose to interpret something but like a budget's like you did or you didn't break Spend a cost cap. like it's not like interpretation of oh four hundred thousand dollars is not a lot one it is and two it's like you went over you didn't go over it's not like interpretation and i could sit here and talk about the financial regulations till i'm blue in the face because i I don't really care to do that again. This episode remade me angry. Put me back in that place where I was angry. Again. Give Lewis his championship. This is just stupid now. And I... I I just fundamentally... like My whole thing with the cost cap is... Is it going to matter or not? Because it can't sometimes matter and sometimes not matter. And what I thought they did a decent job in this episode of setting the stakes of if Red Bull breaks the cost cap and is not punished severely, then there is no incentive for the other teams to not start breaking it. So there is no point in having a cost cap that you are not going to enforce. And the and Red Bull got a fine, which they can pay because they had to go way more than that to, in their spending down to get to the budget cap. And they got some wind tunnel testing time that we're all pretty, that at the earliest might affect their 2024 car. So the communication that we have now as F1 fans is that the cost cap, you can break the cost cap and then they'll punish you in three years. 
So basically, we don't have a cost cap. Like, why would you stick to it if you just want to win? Like, it's just, I'm really frustrated. It was a great episode, though. I loved all the behind the scenes, and I loved seeing them, like, all finagle and get angry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it wasn't my favorite interviews and hearing certain things that get me very angry, but, like, kind of seeing Christian being pulled in, like, a bunch of different meeting directions and meeting with PR and meeting with Muhammad and, like, just all these types of things that knew was happening. And also, again, adds a layer of, I don't know how many times I'll just, like, oh, accidentally drop that we went to Coda, but, like, that this was <laughs> happening when we're there. <laughs> like, it was just really wild. It was a wild weekend for so many things to just, like, overlap and take place at the exact same time. Um so it was definitely really cool to see that because it was just such so much speculation in my head of like, when did all this happen? Who broke the news to this? And how do Red Bull talk about this? So that was yeah, definitely interesting to see. Yeah. And if I remember correctly, like, so, and I think this confirmed it. I, I get tired. Um, they had decided the punishment like around the time of CODA and we're going to announce it there, but then held it because... Dietrich's died and then like we found out the next week like after Coda but at this point like we knew but it was a matter of like what is the punishment right. going to be like the PR around this like oh I'm gonna say words I don't like they more than one thing can be true and Red Bull is right that the PR of this the whole thing was not handled well by the FIA like, it was leaked, and then it did become a whole, like, he said, she said, finagle in the press of what the punishment was. Then we actually found out what the uh, breach was, and then weeks later found out what the punishment was. So it was handled really poorly in the press, and so much of the spin that Red Bull got to do. Like, it's funny that Christian was complaining about it, because they got to do all this spin because it was handled poorly by the FIA and the press. But yeah, again, it's just a group of high schoolers. It's a giant circus. <laughs> Everyone's gossiping. No secrets or secrets because no. someone will find out something and then it's a 10,000 square foot paddock and word gets around. There's just always someone talking about something and there's no secrets. Christian's wrong though. He said all they'll remember is that we won the championships. Like 2021 at the very least is going to have 17 asterisks on it. People don't forget. People still talk about Spygate, Crashgate. Like, like this is ingrained in F1. That champion, at least the 2021 championship, will always have multiple asterisks next to it. And you won't be able to bring it up without someone talking about Abu Dhabi, about the cost cap scandal. So they can keep saying that, but it's not going away. Four lights, though. It was a great behind the scenes. I agree. No. Four lights. But no. I'm frustrated. But we got For one sure. more, and then, uh, and then we'll that's it. Yeah. I hope that everyone watching this is having more fun than we are. <laughs> We're tired. This is a lot of screen fatigue at this point, and uh, reliving a lot of emotional, emotional right. moments. I did it. Do you know what this means, Nicole? It means we're done. It means that it means we can we get to go to sleep soon. <laughs> well, yes. This means that the 2023 season is officially here. Yeah. Um, Testing day is, three has started. Lights out in eight days and seven hours. <laughs> That's crazy. No. I'm already getting notifications that cars are on track for testing day three. 
we made it through Drive to Survive Season 5. Before we talk big picture, I'm sure people just saw a montage of you reacting to the, like, thank you, Daniel montage. So oh, do you wanna... no, you were recording. Yeah, do you, do you want to start there? Like, are you okay? <laughs> yeah, um, I started to tear up, but then um, there was, like, three nutsack, nutsack <laughs> jokes, and I couldn't not. Um, then Nico Hulkenberg, that whole thing he does. I wish there was a Pierre Gasly of that. Um, it was a beautiful, like, montage of beautiful moments. And I'm just shocked that we didn't get a reserve driver Red Bull, like, full circle thing. Um, He'll be in which the I show. also get because like reserve drivers, what like whatever. But like, I just some shock DTS didn't like lean into like the full circle piece. I also well, felt like the. Go ahead. When they showed when they faded to start the montage and they started with him in the Red Bull gear, I thought they were going to end with him back in the Red Bull gear. So I was just as surprised as you. Yeah, yeah. Um, didn't really. I don't know. The last episode kind of just felt like very short and like. I guess we'll just end this with Abu Dhabi and we'll just show you who got fourth in the construct. It was just like, I guess the, all the, the only thing that they had to like wrap up besides like Daniel's retirement, which I still don't necessarily feel like they did. This is also not acknowledging everything they left out of the last race, but it just felt like such a very short episode compared to everything else that there wasn't like really a story it was just like here's the race and that's that's it yeah they definitely tried to lean into the will mercedes get p2 thing and i think again it was just one of those like we knew they we didn't knew what was gonna didn't, happen yeah i did like i look if you got to this point in listening to us react to all these episodes, you've heard that like we haven't loved the last couple of episodes so much. But this one, for some reason, like I mean, it was probably the way they edited it, like really got me juiced up for the 2023 season. I was like, oh my gosh, cars are gonna be on track again. Like, and I think it's because they didn't like they weren't trying to like force a storyline into the race. I just felt like I was like watching the highlights of the race, and that just got me really pumped. I just like, and also simultaneously, I was like on my phone getting notifications about like what's going on on day three at testing. So it was just like a lot at once. And I was just feeling like, so I agree with everything you're saying, but I was just like, ah, racing soon. <laughs> yeah. I guess it was all, like this particular, like you were saying, it felt like race highlights. Like this didn't feel like it, there were like fabricated stakes or like fabricated mm -hmm. battles on the track like it very much was a alpine mclaren like fighting for p4 and like oh my god like can mercedes like will it happen with mercedes and ferrari and like we, of course we knew what was happening but it was, it was such silly. a pure straightforward storyline of what was on track and right. that's what they gave us right which i don't think every episode should be because i like the reality tv drama of it as a supplement to our f1 experience but for a, like, when we went into it and we knew it was going to only be about a 30 minute episode, I was like, oh, this is going to be like a get you hyped for the season episode. And I feel like we got that. I was like, I feel sufficiently hyped for 2023 now. Yeah. Yeah. It was a great end of like next season. It's like, here's Vegas. And then it was like, here's all the new faces, um, which is very exciting. 
So yes, very excited for Bahrain, very excited for Cars on Track. I'm just also excited for the actual season so that we get 10,000 more storylines than we did in Drive for Survive. And then one year we do this for the 2023 season. So, but excited for the actual season, getting lots of details, getting lots of stories, knowing everything that's going up and down the grid. I'm very hyped and ready for it to begin. It's our first season as a podcast too. So I'm, I'm excited to do this, not just as a fan, but like getting to talk to you about this every week outside of just us screaming in voice notes to each other. <laughs> this is professional voice notes. Right. Um, okay. So to put a bow on our DTS reaction pod, how would you rate the final episode in our rating scale? I'll give it five lights. It wasn't like a lights out that like it blew my mind. But I think that's also just, you know, the season was the outcome, quote unquote, of the season, a.k.a. Red Bull happened so early that like what was DTS going to do with the last race? So I think, but it was great. It was great race highlights. It was very pure for what it was. I did, I was prepared for like be sobbing at the Daniel montage and I went from tearing to laughing. And I think that's, that's very appropriate. Um, so I'll give it, I'll give it five lights, but now my feeling for the 2023 season is lights out and away we go. Uh, yes. Uh, I think I gave it a four. Um, I give it a four, but for similar reasons, but I'm just like less enthusiastic about this one. Agree that 2023 is lights out and away we go. Um, I also think we need to bring up before we wrap this episode Toto's continued commitment to put the W13 in their lobby to remind everyone about like overcoming struggles. And I just like, like you know what? Like Toto is Toto, and I just adore it. And like if he... he's the purest, he he does not pretend to be anything that he's not, and that is like the most Toto like serious thing ever. But when I heard it's like yeah, the W13 is going to be in our lobby, so we never forget. I was like, I don't think anyone's going to forget but i'm glad that it's going to be like walks into mercedes like here is the thing that we are the least proud of we're never going to forget it and we're going to be better for it and that's why the w14 is black and can fly (laughs) it better be able to fly entire season as a whole where would you rank it i'll give it a four like i just i wasn't as I don't know. I think there was just a little bit more of um, emotional sadness this year when, you know, usually even when Daniel Ricciardo was having like a tough season, you know, him winning one race adds like a really exciting episode. So there was just a lot of like downers this year when, you know, I'm not necessarily like rooting for Red Bull to be winning a race. And even I feel like we didn't get like enough focus on like the celebrating of Carlos's race win so a lot of the drivers that i was excited about winning races either did not win a race or dts did not give it the like pizzazz and attention i felt like it deserved so there were pieces i enjoyed not my favorite season of drive to survive but that's okay yeah so i'll give it four lights i think i'm at three lights i agree with everything you said i just didn't get enough ridiculous behind the scenes fabricated like and they did it too soon like i need more like pre-shot 
Gunther and Mattia in a car. I need Otmar with his beet juice. Like all of that is what Drive to Survive is to me. Like I want to see these people in fabricated situations that are sort of their day-to-day -day life, but not really their day-to-day -day life because it's shot for Netflix. Right. So I think if they did like a couple of more of those types of things, plus it was just too much Red Bull PR. Like we know Max only agreed to come back if his team had some say. And I did kind of feel that in the like, like this, if this was a full Red Bull season because it was on track, like I just felt like it was a kind of a boring way to go about it. Yeah, it I guess I kind of see. That. I kind of feel like DTS gives Haas and Red Bull kind of like, obviously we know that like Red Bull has been given like some kind of additional roles and controls this year of getting to view things aside and you know max particular like what he wants in it and what he doesn't when it comes to him but when it comes to the beginning of drive to survive like the foundation of it was red bull at the film and so did haas so i think that we'll always get like a ton from them but particularly since red bull had the year that they did drive to survive was probably like amped and ready to be like here it is like our pride and joy haas and red bull and i was totally like i'm totally down to see a ton of those teams but what makes it so interesting is that it's not censored like i want to see raw red bull and raw max and like there was max's team having control over that made max such a boring character and i can yeah. say a lot of things about max but i do not think he is a boring character and the checo episode was boring and like the cost cap episode wasn't boring i'll give them that but it was so there's i'm not my issue isn't the volume of red bull my issue is that a very entertaining dramatic exciting team somehow came across mostly kind of boring and i think like that's why you don't want your documentary subjects to have too much say over how they're viewed because it's not as exciting and we saw the progression of his uh Flat, of Max's flat brim to regular hat. True! That we did see. That was an which, important PR shift. It was. Yeah. And I hope he continues it. And uh, because it died. And the flat brim hats. Yeah. But that's... It's important, but it's not important. <laughs> oh, I totally forgot to mention that I think the greatest edit... Like, Drive to Survive transitions are fantastic. And, like, the edit of asking Charles how the season went... And it cutting to him screaming no as he crashes into the wall in France was unreal. <laughs> like, that was a masterpiece. Yeah, because they definitely, I, I did expect to see more um, Ferrari hiccups. Not that we didn't get a lot, but I guess like particularly I feel like every week we were seeing something with Charles. <laughs> and we just did not get as much of that as I expected. But uh, yes, that was, they really knocked the montages out of the park on yeah. um, that one. And I don't oh. wish Charles sadness and failure and, you know, but the the screaming of no on the radio was one of, the, is still one of the most iconic sounds I have ever heard in Formula One. <laughs> <laughs> they cut right before the heavy breathing. But yeah, I do... 
like my my final thought on the season is that DTS really relies on its characters. And that's why like Gunther is so big and Daniel is so big is because they're willing to be characters on the show and lean into everything that means. Um, and it did feel really great to have like Mercedes, but not just Mercedes, but like Lewis back. Like it's been a while since we got this much Lewis and he is incredibly charismatic outside of the fact that we both just are big fans. And his presence really was felt in a positive way. But then I also thought both having both the Ferrari drivers had, like, like I wish we spent more time with them. I didn't feel like we spent a lot of time with them, and they're really good characters in the show. Yeah, I, I, I felt like we were going to get more um, at the Ferrari principal episode. Like, I, there's so many things that I guess maybe that they plan that they'll, like, start season six of Drive to Survive with, but, like... Did they even, I can't even, did they only get like the um, speculation tweet about Mattia? Like we ended and they didn't, oh, well they said to Fred, you look good in red. Right. And like, got it, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which was vague. Um, Yeah. I just, I think, my issue is Ferrari has two of the most charismatic drivers. And I just don't think DTS used them as much as well as they did in past seasons. So like going back to like, why is this a three? Well, we didn't spend time like with Charles, like being a person. We saw a lot of him in the car and a lot of Ferrari messing up, but not a lot of like his actual interviews. And then same with Carlos, like Carlos normally has great DTS episodes with him as a person and adding context. And instead, again, we got a lot of him in the car and not a lot of, outside him being a person. And got- even with that, there was a lot of drivers that we just didn't hear from, which we expect, you know, we're not going to get content from oh, everyone. Yeah. But when we're like feeling like we didn't get enough content from the drivers that we did see, <laughs> it's right. very interesting after watching like, eight hours of television. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, and I think it's cause they spent so much time with Red Bull and they were not, super entertaining so we got an entire episode of Checo where I felt like we didn't like like he wasn't a character right like he was just there and then we spent a lot of time with Max and he wasn't a character he was just there and I mean there was team good team principal stuff I was gonna say Christian was there and he was a character and Toto was there and And he was was a character and Otmar and Zach played their characters yeah Gunther. Yeah, I mean, the most interesting part of this whole thing, which doesn't surprise me, was the silly season, Oscar, all of it. But that, but, and I, if you asked me this in August, I would have said, yeah, that's going to be the most, if they cover it on DTS, that will be the most interesting part. And I think it was. And those two episodes were the highlight. They both got, both got a lights out from one of us. I also, in hindsight, going back, I thought the porpoising Mercedes episode was really, really good. Mm-hmm. Because they showed genuine struggles from the team. Um, I think that was good. There was a lot of good. I think the Mick episode, while I didn't love the characterization, like was a decent episode. Like At least there was some struggle and some... 
They also, I yeah, know. and I don't like that we they didn't like say that he went to Mercedes. Like I understand that they then brought like again coming from someone who's like not fully familiar with like what's going on in the sport. That whole end would be so unbelievably confusing because like then Nico comes back and the whole like suck my whatever like which we get because it's an iconic moment and. <laughs> they yeah. great reference and callback, even though they showed it this season. Like there was a lot of things that if you did not know what was going on in Formula One, you'd be like, I don't know who these people are. Who are these new faces? Who's this one guy in blue? And they're saying, welcome back. Why are they asking this one guy that if he looks good in red and everyone's like chuckling and like, where's Daniel? What happened to Mick? Like, yeah, but- it was definitely, this was the first season where I felt like, you actually needed to know other things. Whereas I felt seasons one through four did such a good job of you just need to know what we're showing you and everything. Mm-hmm. Which is why it is the entry drug into the sport. Like, so it was just, it was, a, it was a weird season. I, I really felt like it was a weird season. And it was weird. Yeah. Definitely weird. I'm hoping, because even though we're sitting here like, a little disappointed with this season. Like, I love everything that Drive to Survive has done for this sport, and I'm excited. I will be excited to watch next season. <laughs> I, want, I want more. But I do hope that they reflect on this season and give us more next season that's, like, supplemental to the on-track stuff and, like... All depends on what storylines this season has in store. You know the one driver they did a good job setting up? They did a really good job setting up Nick DeVries for next season. And Yuki, I think. I think Alphatari. They set up Alphatari like really great for next season. <laughs> right? Yeah. They yeah, I think like better than Alpine. Better than McLaren. Like I'm more intrigued about what's gonna happen with Alphatari. Yeah. I thought they did a decent job actually setting up Fernando Alonso. Yeah, but, but we didn't get enough like Aston Martin, which we knew. It just felt yeah. weird that we was it was a very one-sided of like, yeah, Aston Martin talked to me and we got like one quick like interview statement from Lawrence Stroll. Right. It just was, yeah, I felt like there should have been more of like that move over, but maybe next season. I don't know. <laughs> I will circle back to something we said at the, well, I said at the beginning is that if the only involvement of Joe was to applaud George Russell for like getting out of his car, I was going to be upset. And I am because that's the only joke on you we got was they were like, sit in this chair and talk about how great George Russell is. And like, I don't like that. You know, that was gross. And again, waste of his like charisma as a person. Yeah. I think we got we got no Alfa Romeo except we had to watch the joke on you crash four times, I'm pretty sure. We got zero Williams. We had like Alex for like a second. It was yeah. like you could tell that Alex was there for an interview and they used like him for one I don't even remember one what thing, it was yeah. on. But I was like, Oh Alex. Yeah. And I don't believe Drive to Survive has to cover every team. Like, I don't know what they would talk about besides the Nick DeVries thing that they did talk about for Williams. And then, well, I mean, that being said, like, it was Alex's first season with the team. 
And that was exciting. Like, Alex's comeback was a big deal and was exciting and would have been worthy of an episode, in my opinion. But Except they ended... They, don't, they didn't have a good story. Like, they ended last. But They, they never scored done, more than two points in a race. They could have <laughs> done the early season race where Alex did the, like, incredibly long stint where he didn't pit until, like, the second to last lap of the race. Yeah, I mean, there was they a whole a lot of... made a big deal out of Yuki getting P10. Yeah, but that's because uh, people, they know that the demographic love Pierre yeah. and Yuki. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm just saying, when you're like, oh, what would they talk about Williams? I'm like, I don't know, but they, they like made an entire episode about Yuki. So, oh, there was a Parker. Well, Parker is always so confused whenever we're recording oh, because he's, he's so like tired. He's like, can we please go? No, look this way. Look this way. Look this. Look. Oh, his little bandana. So cute. Look this way. Oh. I know we're tired. If you're only listening to us. Just know you can go to our YouTube channel, and there's a, there's puppy. a puppy. His name is Parker after Peter Parker. But that's season five of Drive to Survive. Yeah. We did the thing. So this is uh, not our, as we had said at the beginning, our regularly scheduled programming. Um, although we will be back with our regularly, regularly scheduled programming this Thursday of our regular show. <laughs> so make sure you are following if you're not already. Subscribe where you can. Follow. Turn on auto downloads. Especially if you're listening on Apple Podcast. We have one more week. We're trying to get five reviews. So make sure you let us know what you love what you think we could do better. We're definitely trying to improve the show in best ways that you can and make sure to follow us on every social media platform at Gridwalk Show. Let us know what you thought about Drive to Survive. What was your favorite episode? Give us your lights out rating and uh, yeah, we'll see you on Thursday. For a race preview because it's, Nicole, it's the 2023 season. It's, it's the here. 2023 season. Okay, bed. We have to go to bed now. Please, please.